Thanks for checking out the Reveal Vineyard podcast. We are a Jesus-centered community in El Mirage, Arizona. We hope through these conversations your spirit will be stirred. For more information, you can visit our website at www.revealvineyard.com. Well, we've been looking back over the past 10 years or so and kind of reliving some good memories and uh, Morgan and I took a uh, a camera out and did some filming. We're going to show you that in just a little bit. I did run across our very first bulletin. Uh, go ahead and pull that up. That was, for, that was it. We missed it on our first logo. That is hideous. I'm not sure what we were thinking, but that's what, that's what we went with. And then uh, that's, this is actually from July 13, 2008, so three weeks after uh, our initial launch. And uh, basically what the inside says is, we're broke, please help us out. Because a lot of money that goes into uh, getting a church off the ground, but it was good to see that. Some of those, that early logo, uh, a few of you still have those on t-shirts, and they're going for like a grand right now on eBay, so uh, I suggest you sell those. Well, uh, we're going to pray, and then um, we're going to jump into some of uh, our uh, video stuff here today. So join me as we pray, Lord. Uh, we do. We want to just kind of celebrate uh, what you've done uh, among us and uh, what you're going to continue to do. And um, Lord, we want to um, remember and laugh and rejoice and um, then look forward to uh, your next chapter in our lives as a church. And so we invite you, Holy Spirit, would you be present upon each person? Would you be to each person exactly what they need at this moment? I know we all come in carrying um, troubles and difficulties and a heavy heart, and each of us has an area of need. And would you come and visit uh, each person right now uh, in their area of need? And would you bring comfort and would you bring hope and peace and confidence for the future? And uh, we invite you, Holy Spirit, uh, to rest upon us. And even through our offering, um, we want to give with an attitude of rejoicing, an attitude of Worship and placing you first over all things, uh, including our finances, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Morgan and I were talking about uh, our church uh, history and uh, where we've been and how we got to this point and uh, realized that um, several of you probably do not uh, know that story. And so we went out with, um, with a camera and just started filming, and hopefully it's something maybe will tie you into our story a little bit, give you a little bit more information uh, where we've been and really where we think uh, God is taking us. So let's go ahead and run that piece, please. Looking back 10 years ago, um, life was life was pretty good. I was I was pretty content. You know, I was an associate pastor at a a thriving church, a mega church, really. Uh, I was uh, the creative arts pastor, which meant I got to play with all the latest gizmos and gadgets and all the greatest musical instruments and led a great band and just um, got to do video editing and drama and all all that stuff that I love. Um, I was on staff as one of the speaking pastors, so I was on a speaking rotation, and life was just, you know, it was good. I thought I would retire there. I will say, honestly, 18, 24 months uh, prior to us starting Reveal, 
there was something inside of me, some angst of some sort. Um, there was just something in the air. And my wife and I, we talked about it a lot. Couldn't put our finger on what it was, what it meant, but there was just something. I'd walk off stage after leading worship and just feel like, man, something's happening. Some, something's changing. And my wife and I would playfully argue. She would say, you know, we're, we're going to be starting a church soon. And I'd be like, there's no way. I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. And we were on Thunderbird Mountain once, and um, she said, you know, I will bet you that in 18, 24 months, somewhere in there, that we will be pastoring our own church. And I just thought, this is, that's like easy money. And so if you want to, you know, bet on that, fine, I'll take that bet. And so I agreed. And then shortly after that, it was September, October of 2007, and I was sitting in my office and I was reading this book by Erwin McManus called Soul Cravings. And there was something in that book that just, it jumped out at me uh, and it changed my future where it said, uh, there are signs all around you, but even more, the signs are all within you and your soul is being pulled forward and you are being called to a God whose voice your ears have never heard. You are having a vision of a life you could not possibly create alone. You are no longer satisfied with where you are. And now you are on a quest for where you do not know. You were created not to live in the past, but to create the future. Your soul craves to become, and you will never be satisfied with less. Not to over-spiritualize it, but it was like the Holy Spirit of God was in that office, and he put his finger on me, and he said, your next chapter in life, your uh destiny, if you will, is to start a church. And it was so strong. I remember I picked up the phone immediately to call my wife and I'm not a risk taker. It was that strong. I called up my wife immediately and I said, you're not going to believe this, but we're supposed to start a church. And she was so gracious when she said, give me my money or something like that. And, uh, and so I went and saw my, uh, my boss, my senior pastor. And I said, laid it out for him, and within a couple months, we were sitting in the home of Jason and Karen Bohr, two of our founding leaders, with about 15 or 20 other people who committed to start Reveal Church. I remember I would ask him, are you sure you want to do this? I mean, you're leaving the mothership, as we called it, with a new sanctuary on the way, and I thought they were crazy, but they were so committed uh, to starting this this new church out in Surprise, and so uh, one of our first hurdles were, well, what are we going to call ourselves? And so getting 20 people to vote on a name was not easy. We almost called ourselves Encounters. We had this clever tagline called Surprise Encounters. And I looked back at it and I was like, it sounds like a nudist camp or something. We settled on Reveal, so maybe that's not much better. I think we had a theme going. One of our options was Expose. No, I'm joking, it wasn't. But, uh, so we came up with this name. And then we started talking about, well, what's our church going to look like? And can, can we just create a church that's simple? I'm not a flashy person. Can we just come up with a church that's simple, that presents Jesus, that is kind of organic? Can we just kind of live together and do life together? And, and can people catch the vision? And, and so we started on this journey, really not knowing what we were doing, um, but sure that God was calling us forward, that we couldn't live in the past. And our next challenge was, all right, if we're going to launch this thing and go public, um, 
where are we going to meet? Because at that point in 2007, in Surprise, every school had a church in it. And so I thought, I, I don't even know, I don't know where we're going to meet. And um, someone said, hey, they're building a new theater in Surprise, and why don't we, uh, why don't we call them? And so we called and called and called. Couldn't get in touch with the right person. It was under construction. Nobody had an answer. There was no manager even then. And so finally, after persistence, we got in touch with the right person. It was a miracle. And to our surprise, they were like, yeah, we'll rent it to you. And so Sunday, June 29th, so much buildup. And on Sunday, June 29th, uh, we started this crazy adventure called Reveal Church. Um, and we were off and running. So we moved here uh, to what was back then called Ultra Star Theaters, and um, we made it work. You know, uh, we rented out three theaters uh, along with the big party room upstairs, and the adults took one theater, uh, kids took the other two, and nursery was upstairs. And I mean, it wasn't perfect, but there was kind of a charm to it. You know. Uh, Doing church with the sweet smell of hot buttered popcorn in the air was awesome, at least for me, you know. Uh, walking through the aisles with your shoes sticking to the floor because someone spilled a Diet Coke the night before, or uh, there were times we would come in and there would be a biohazard cover over the chairs because someone projectile vomited the night before. So uh, maybe it wasn't quite as charming as I was remembering, but uh, we made it work, you know. Uh, we started at 10 o'clock, same time the movie started. And so everyone was greeted. We sat out in front of the theater. People would get bulletins who weren't even coming to church. They were just passing by. But, you know, we were able to talk to people, let people know who we were, what we're about. And that was, that was kind of cool. There was a charm to that. Uh, out in front of every theater, there's that large poster that advertises upcoming movies. Uh, and the poster uh, on one particular Sunday said, drag me to hell. And I was standing in front of it, greeting people. And one of our church members came up and said, uh, I see they've captured what it's like sitting through one of your sermons. Drag me to, yeah, he's no longer here. We got rid of him, but uh, this was life for us. Um, eventually, you know, we grew to where we had to go to two services. So we went to two, uh, which made it really difficult. Uh, but, you know, we, again, we made it work. And then we realized in order to take the next step in children's ministry, we really needed a better space. I mean, the theaters, there's so limited floor space. It just wasn't good for our kids. And so we started looking around and someone said, hey, what about the Valley Vista Performing Arts Center? It was just about to be completed. And we were like, there's no way they're going to let us in there. And we called and to our surprise, they said yes. And so uh, we packed up our stuff and we moved out. And so we moved here to the mammoth Valley Vista Performing Arts Center. And it swallowed us whole. I mean, it's 1,302 seats for a small church. And 
We had to make it work with smoke and mirrors, closing off certain sections and what have you, but we made it work. And in order to get in here, we had to buy uh, a truck and a trailer with custom road cases. It was, it was a big deal. And so for the next seven and a half years, we had a setup team show up every morning, 6 a.m. or every Sunday morning at 6 a.m., roll everything in, set the entire church up after service, roll everything out. Honestly, I don't know how they did it for that long. They were amazing. And then around the five-year mark, we realized it's time. We're going to need a permanent building. Uh, staff was getting tired. Setup team was getting tired. Uh, we never really felt like we could be the church that we wanted to be uh, because we were a Sunday-only church. And so uh, we started looking, and unfortunately, there just wasn't a lot available. Uh, either it was too small for the size church that we were, uh, or owners just didn't want to talk to a church because we are high risk. And so we limped along for the next three and a half years, from uh, year five when we started looking to year eight and a half, we limped along and it was a pretty difficult time. But then something kind of broke free uh, and uh, we started talking to the owner of the building that we're currently in, who originally said, we don't have the right synergy they're looking for. Uh, but then after a few more months of being uh, vacant, suddenly the church developed whatever synergy they needed, we had it. And so we started negotiations on a brand new site. We signed the lease for this space in 2016. Uh, and then the challenge before us was to raise $200,000 in order to make this happen, which was like, that is a crazy amount of money for a small church. And I remember thinking, well, let's just, let's just try to raise a hundred thousand. That would be great. And I remember our board saying, no, we have to, we have to raise the bar or let's have great faith. And I was like, a hundred, a hundred's a lot. And they were like, no, 200. I mean, having a pastor with no faith, there's a nice one for you. Uh, but I remember thinking, how are we going to get $200,000 out of a small church? We're, you know, largely a blue collar church. And, and so, you know, we prayed on it and we're like, all right, we're going to go with 200,000. We're going to see this Ephesians 3.20. To him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that you ask or think. We're like, all right, God, you have to be in this. And so uh, it was at the end of 2016, we presented this to the church. And it was right around Christmas time and everyone's spending on Christmas money. But we said, hey, uh, the I think it was the third Sunday in January. We're gonna have our uh, kickoff for our Dare to Dream campaign. It's gonna be only three months. We're not doing a three-year campaign. We're not doing heavy strong-arm tactics. We're not changing the course of the church to only focus on giving. And that's just not who I am. And if we were gonna do it, we had to be authentic. And so I went before the church and presented them with the vision and just kind of laid it out and said, we're not doing a big rah-rah, hyper-spiritual campaign. If, if you're in it and if this is your church and if God's in it, this is all going to come together. And, um, and so we had our Giving Sunday and um, boy, I dreaded that phone call wondering, what are they going to call us with? I'm thinking they're going to say we had $75,000 in pledges. And I'm like, I don't even know how we're going to make this thing happen. And that Sunday, they called and said, we had over 
$1,000 pledged. I was like, I was, I was blown away. I was, I was like, I, I couldn't even fathom that our little church pledged that much money. And then we, uh, we received almost 95%. Uh, I think we had pledged 229 or something and we, we pulled in, we had 224 or something. I mean, it was crazy. The numbers, those numbers could be off a little bit, but it, it was crazy. And it was like God saying, I'm in this, I'm in this, I'm in this. And so we moved forward with uh, the building process. And if you would have seen this place before the build out, you probably wouldn't be here right now. I mean, it was a mess. There were green walls, things were hanging from the ceiling and um, some of the support structures, it was a fresh and easy, were had fallen over and the water wasn't in the sewage system the drain systems for so long that the place stunk and uh, the the foundation slab was at different heights for big freezers and i mean it was just a mess and i remember we had a a uh, a kind of a come and see sunday after valley vista where we came in we roped off the place so you could come in about 25 feet or so and just take a look at the place it was just a big box mainly and i remember people would come in and they would look and their first response was oh and it was overwhelming to think, how are we ever going to make this place special? How are, you know, how are we going to do it? And we had a great general contractor, a great team. And then our church just came through for us. I mean, volunteers who laid the carpet and built the stage and did the wood wall and built the cross and decorated the, uh, the children's classrooms and worked on the cafe and on and on and on and on. So much effort went into this place. And it was, this was our opportunity to dream again of what we wanted our church to look like, who we wanted to be as a church, what we wanted our presence to be like in the community. And it was like, it was life-giving. For so long being a Sunday-only church, we were stagnant. And it was like, we, we knew we had, something had to change, but without a building, we didn't know what that looked like and what that meant. And so this was such an opportunity such a fresh breath of God upon us. And, um, you know, we had success as a church. I mean, depending how you view success, I mean, we had salvations and uh, changed lives and marriages restored and lots of baptisms. And, but I, I, I think that was just a hint at what is to come. And as we've already seen on our Easter, first Easter service here with over 50 baptisms and uh, you know, we launched a restore ministry in the spring that's, that focuses on hope and healing and recovery. And, uh, and we have our first VBS that's being launched. And we got a back-to-school outreach that will bring people here to receive school supplies. And we'll do a, a Thanksgiving food box giveaway here. And just the opportunity to be, to be present in a community. Um, our best days, I know this is cliche, but our best days really are ahead of us. And so if you're with us now, you're kind of in on the ground floor of uh, a relaunch, so to speak, because that's really what we did in July. You know, our first service here was July 9th, 2017. Our first service ever, June 29th, 2008. And our first service here, July 9th, 2017. And here we are, June 24th. 
2018, 10 years from our launch. And our best days are still ahead of us. There are more people who need to hear the gospel. We need more salvations. We need to see more baptisms and uh, more addictions bro addiction uh, broken and more lives changed. And I believe all of that, I believe all of that's going to happen. I think God placed us here for such time as this. And I'm excited that you're here with us on this journey, on this relaunch. And so, um, man, let's not, as, as, as I read from a passage that changed my future, I said, you are no longer satisfied with where you are, and now you're on a quest. And let's be on a quest to radically change El Mirage and surprise for the glory of Jesus Christ. And I'm glad you're here with us. And I think our best days, I know, I know our best days are still ahead. Happy birthday, Reveal. Ten years young, a lot of years ahead of us. Uh, all right, I got some giveaways for you because it is uh, a birthday. So uh, I'm going to see if you're paying attention so you can be first. Ready? So uh, I got a question for you. Reveal's first church home was in what building? The cafeteria at Del Webb Hospital, the Ultra Star movie theaters, the Heritage Funeral Home, or the Castle Boutique? She said Castle Boutique. Uh, no, that was my uh, wife's first. No, I'm joking. That is yours. Of course, it was Ultra Star Movie Theaters. All right, another question for you. Come on, I got a guy's shirt. Come on. Right up. See if you can get it. All right, you have to get this one. All right, what is the name of Reveal's children's ministry? God's kids, his kids, our kids, or will somebody just take my kids? <laughs> Close enough. All right, I got another one for you. Ready? Come on, stand up. Stand up. All right, how many people attended our first church service? 175 people, 130 people, 250 people, or we forgot to count? Now, remember who the senior pastor is. We forgot to count. We forgot to count. Very well done. <laughs> we, we're at the end of the service. I'm like, what were our numbers? Everyone looked at it. Well, they, did you count? Did you? Nobody counted on our first service. There's one extra for you if anybody wants one. All right. I'm glad that you're here. I got just a really quick word for you. Uh, today, i um, been thinking about what do I share with you at a 10-year celebration. I was reminiscing all week. Ten years ago, I stood before many of you, some of you, I should say, it was a long time ago, at our then church, Vineyard North Phoenix. And I stood before you and I asked you to dream, to dream about what God might do through a new church in the surprise El Mirage area. And to my surprise, many people dreamed with us. And... Um, I didn't tell you at the time, but I'll tell you now, the percentage of church plant failures is about 80%. And so the chance of a church plant making it is so slim. And out of the 20% that make it, only about 10% ever get above the 100 mark. And I conveniently left that part out of my talk 10 years ago, but uh, several of you said yes and kind of rallied around the vision, and we started this crazy thing called Reveal. Matter of fact, 
if you, I don't know how many are left, it's 10 years ago, but if you were at our very first service, anyone, would you stand? Anyone at our first service? Yes, yes, yes. Look at that, more than I thought. Awesome. You guys are fantastic. You're fantastic. Under your chairs is $1,000. Someone's actually looking. I'm sorry you believed me on that one. Uh, And so then on June 29th of 2008, a ragtag group of people literally started off on this adventure uh, called Reveal. And then in October of 2017, I stood before you again and I asked that you would again dream. This time that we would dream about a permanent building and what that would look like. And I asked that you would dream with me about ministries that uh, have not yet been started and ideas that have not yet been voiced and uh, creative elements that have not yet been put into form. And I ask you to dream again. Dream about people who have not yet been reached and salvation stories that have not yet been told. And uh, it was a big challenge, you know, 200 grand as I shared in the video. And, but God brought together the right people at the right time for the right cause and kind of paved the way to, to make this happen. And today, I'm standing in front of you again, and I'm asking that you would dream again. That you would dream with me about the next five years. You would dream with me about the next ten years. Dream about what the next chapter of our life looks like in this community. That we would play a part in bringing a spiritual awakening to the surprise El Mirage area. That God would use us for such a time as this. I don't think we're here by accident. I don't think we're in a community of El Mirage that's been largely forgotten for who knows how many years and that God dropped us here because of who we are and our heart to serve in a community. And so I'm asking that you would dream again because the world has always been shaped by dreamers, men and women who refuse to settle for the status quo, who push past the naysayers and the skeptics and the dream killers to uh, reveal what others said could not be done or was impossible. And these are the few who possess dreams that science could not understand or technology could not uh, even support or some in society were not even willing yet to embrace. Any great innovation, any monumental change across any industry or nation or ideology were first mere ideas in the mind, dreams in the hearts of men and women who would not take no for an answer. The world that we live in today, it was formed by dreamers. And I'm asking that you, that you would become a dreamer, to dream about ministries that have not yet been started, ideas that have not yet been voiced. Let's dream about people who have not yet been reached, stories of salvation that have not yet been told. And as as I tell you so often, all of us get to play in this. It's one of the hills we die on, that everyone gets to play. And so today, I'm asking that you would dream again, that you would be crazy enough to believe. I love this quote by Steve Jobs where he says, here's to the crazy ones, the misfits and the rebels and the troublemakers, the round pegs and the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They are not fond of rules. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. But the one thing you cannot do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward. And while some may see them as crazy, we, as the crazy ones, we see them as genius. Because the ones who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. Today, I want you to be crazy enough to believe that we've only scratched the surface of what God has for us in this city, in this community.
I want you to think of Jesus just for a moment as a dreamer. I know he's God and whatever he speaks, he brings to fruition. But just think of Jesus as a dreamer. Uh, In Matthew 16, he unpacks his vision or his dream, if you will, his purpose, his hope for his followers. And he says this in Matthew 16, he says, upon this rock, I will build my church. That word there is ecclesia. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now that word ecclesia literally means an assembly. So we could say, upon this rock, I will build my assembly, my gathering. In a uh, non-religious system context, it means uh, a, a gathering or an assembly, people who were called out of their home, listen, and called into a public space. So Jesus is saying, I will build my ecclesia. I will call an assembly together, not calling them out of their homes into a public space, but I will call them out of the world, out of the world's thinking, out of the world's trappings, out of the world's wisdom, out of the world's ways. I will call them out of the world and I will bring their faith into a public place. That is the church. That's the ecclesia. Jesus called you to be his assembly. They called you out of the world and to have your faith in a public space that you may represent Jesus to a world that needs him. Reveal, we are that ecclesia. We are the assembly of 2018 in El Mirage and in Surprise. We are that church. We are the assembly. We are called out from the world to bring our faith into a public space that the world may see Jesus. We are part of what Hebrews calls a great cloud of witnesses, right? We, we, we stand today and we stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before us, men and women who were dreamers and risk takers and would not bend and will not bow and, and, and would not take for, no for an answer and continue to push the gospel message forward. And now we stand on their shoulders, They were the ecclesia, the assembly before us, and we are the assembly today, as there will be an assembly after us. And just as we stand on shoulders of giants, one day, please listen, one day, long after we are gone, dream with me 25, 50 years into the future, one day there will be someone whose faith journey begins at a church called Reveal, And they may have never known you. They may have never heard of your name. They may have never heard of my name. But they will be standing on your shoulders because of what you sacrificed and what you have given and what you dared to dream to be possible. And one day, we will gather in heaven and someone will tell you, you went to reveal? I went to reveal in in, in 2065. Like you did? Yeah, I died in 2022. Really? You went there? That means you were part of my heritage. Listen, we have an opportunity. Hopefully no one's dying in 2022. That's not too far away. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying is that one day someone will stand on your shoulders. This is, let's dream about our legacy moving forward and what that looks like. Dream with me. Because I do believe we've only scratched the surface of what God has for us. Let me leave you with this quote. I believe there is nothing like the local church when it is working right. Its beauty is indescribable. Let me have the band come up. Its power is breathtaking. Its potential is unlimited. It comforts the grieving and it heals the broken in the context of community. 
It builds bridges to seekers and offers truth to the confused. It provides resources for those in need, and it opens its arms to the forgotten, the downtrodden, and the disillusioned. It breaks the chain of addictions, it frees the oppressed, and it offers belonging to the marginalized of this world. Whatever the capacity for human suffering, the church has a greater capacity for healing and wholeness. Still to this day, the potential of the local church is almost more than I can grasp. No other organization on earth is like the church. Nothing even comes close. Reveal, you are the ecclesia of 2018. We are the assembly. We are the gathering. And we've been called out to put our faith on public display for such a time as this in this location. And I'm glad that you're with us. Stand with me as we're going to close in worship and then I'll come back and pray. And then we'll release you to get some birthday cake outside in the lobby. Lord, it is our prayer for our city that your love would wake us back to life, bring us back to life. Lord, start with us in this church and let it just ripple out of these walls into a community that needs to hear the message of Jesus Christ. And we are grateful that you have placed us here for such a time as this, that you have gathered us together as living stones built up into this spiritual house known as the church. Lord, let us do well with the opportunities that you've placed in front of us. Let us all be players in the kingdom. Let us all be part of moving that message forward. I pray your blessing upon each, per- each person here, each person that is the church, and that you would continue to do something quite special, do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, and do not let us settle for the status quo in the past, but call us forward, maybe even to a place that we do not know. But if you call us, we will follow. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy birthday, Reveal. Hey, on your way out, grab some cake. God bless you guys. Look forward to seeing you next week. Blessings.